Hey guys, Simon here. You probably are wondering why you haven't seen me in a while. Well, it's because I'm in a play, and you should come if you live in Montreal or Montreal adjacent. What is the play, you ask? Let me tell you. It's the timeless classic A Midsummer Night's Dream by good old Billy Shakespeare. It'll be playing at the D.B. Clark Theatre at Concordia University on the corner of Bishop and de Maisonneuve from December 2nd to the 6th, and it will be playing at 8pm from the 2nd to the 5th and 2pm on the 5th and the 6th. Tickets are $10 and $5 for students, and you should come. It will be good. All right, see you later. Something has changed within me. Something is not the same. I'm through with playing by the rules of someone else's game. I'm so sorry, guys. Welcome to the Upper Discussion Podcast. Oh, that was a bad intro. Good, 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 good job. Yes. Uh, I am your comically large host, Tom Zalatni. I am your uh, comically musical host, Timothy Blay. And we've got a special guest today. Victoria. Yeah. This is Victoria. Occasionally comical, inconsistently so. Mm. Fair enough. Are you occasionally overly large like Tom? <laughs> I, like I like to pretend I am. I like that that kind of implies that I'm only occasionally really large. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. It depends on the context, right? Like yeah. sometimes you need someone to be large. I'm Oprah. And then you, you're not you're not overly large then. You're just the right large. Yeah. Right? Your mic is like tilted at a weird angle. You might want to like rotate oh. that a little bit. How that Did that work? That works. Is that better? Hello, Ooh, that's viewers. Better. That's tasty. Ooh. Okay, cool. Tasty jams. Yeah. But it probably helped with the ukulele before because oh, it's on the side. Yeah. Man. Be. Welcome to Up for Discussion, the only show on the internet where we talk about the things we talk about in the order we talk about them. Yeah. Like, um, uh, like who's audio. Victoria anyways? <laughs> Who am I? Who are you? <laughs> I don't know that I can understand. Can you give us like I a 30 second that. intro? I can give you some music. Uh, Who are you right. and why are you in my house? Yeah. <laughs> I met Tim on a little show called Candace Smartest Person, brought to us courtesy of our yeah. national broadcaster, the CBC. Yeah. Uh, and that is why I'm in your house. Sweet. Yeah. This it, seemed fun. Yeah. Victoria came to the finale of Canada's Smartest Person and stayed backstage and watched us on the monitors as we mm-hmm. went through all sorts of crazy challenges. Because I couldn't, I couldn't bear to wait an extra two months to find out who won. Yeah. Most yeah. of us couldn't. <laughs> well, you did, though. Yeah. You didn't tell them? I didn't tell anybody. No, forget his, that. His parents knew, but... My parents you know. yeah, were there, they were though. There, yeah. <clears throat> like, anybody who wasn't there... I told Mary Jane. I told Mary Jane and Aaron. Oh, but I see how it is. They're family. You tell your sister, but you won't tell me. Yes. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, no, because I don't... Like, you don't want to ruin the, the TV moment, right? I wanted everyone yes. to be shocked and awed. But you knew that he won an episode because he had yeah, to go back. Yeah, because he had to go yeah. back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like for you watching uh, the finale? Watching the finale was interesting because we got a lot of people together in a big room and yeah. everyone was kind of talking about it and like, you know, tweeting and whatnot. Um, for me, it was kind of an opportunity to tweet, you know, snarky things. That's true. That was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Although very distracting. Yeah. It's like I couldn't, I don't know, it's hard live tweeting things because I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm very like, I multitask terribly. And oh, just, I'm, I don't. I'm good at it. Okay, it's my so best like, thing. like I, I laser focus <laughs> on things, and then my entire focus is that thing. So if I'm tweeting, 
I'm not paying attention to what's going on on the screen. If I'm like sending a text message, I'm not listening to what you're saying. This is why if you, I'm, this is why you have a master's degree and I have a guinea pig. <laughs> it's also why I never respond to text messages. <laughs> okay, Tim's been really non-responsive this week. And I've just dis- decided to turn it into a little game where I see how many times I can text him in a row before he responds. <laughs> I'm going to join this game. Uh, how are, you, are, are you a multitasker? This is okay. We're we just mentioned Gan the smartest person, so I can just go there with my nerd conversation. But there's this cool. neurolog no neuropsychologist at McGill, Dan Levitin. Dan Levitin. I was supposed to have a course with Dan Levitin, Good and then Dan he Levitin. he went on a book tour instead of teaching my he had course. Had to go be famous, which yeah. is probably how your friends feel about you by now too. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah. laughs> we've been over it. Couldn't be our friend. Had to go be famous, <laughs> but he has like this theory that nobody actually genuinely multitasks. We all just serial process one Hmm. thing after another and it's just the speed at which you do it that makes it seem like you're doing it all together and i like to believe that i'm a serial Hmm. multitasker i wonder does he have like good evidence for that or is it just the way that dan levitin thinks and then he presumes that everybody else thinks like him i actually am not a fan of levitin and his theories i think he's just this old dude who wants to justify his inability to change how he works i think he does like he, <laughs> sorry dan sorry if you're listening to this if dan levitin's <laughs> listening to this i'll be on man I, 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 I mean i guess we can tweet at him yeah. <laughs> like, everybody tweet this at dan levitin. <laughs> we put you on blast on this episode that'd be good yeah. <clears throat> he does strike me as someone with definitely a considerable ego mm-hmm. like let's put it that way so if he's wrong agreed. i doubt he would admit it agreed mm-hmm. and academia is kind of built on that whole concept of just finding your ego and pursuing it <laughs> shamelessly. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's what happened. I mean, when we were young, they told us we were special snowflakes. <laughs> and then the best of us turned out to, you know, keep believing it and make a career out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. Sweet. And so you were a contestant on season one of Canada's Smartest Person. I was, yeah. Sweet. And you, well, I know who won. It was Brayden. Brayden Lauer. Brayden. Brayden with the beard. I like that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a fun cool. guy. Sweet. Actually, but you, you made it to the final. I did. Nice. All the guys on the final are great guys. Sweet. Yeah. And and what was that like for you? Was it like, like I mean, have you guys talked at all about the difference in your experiences? Not a lot. No, I guess. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. What was your what was your uh, reaction to? First of all, like, how did you feel going into Canada's Smartest Person? Mm. Oh man, I get to talk about all this now. Yeah. I actually wasn't chosen initially to be on Candace Smartest Person. Oh really? I was um out of the thirty-two contestants, I was contestant thirty-three. Wow. And then somebody dropped out. And Lauren, beautiful Lauren, um texted me, called me, emailed me like three days before they were taping the episode I ended up being on, being wow. like we had someone drop out. We all want you. Can you come? And I said, yes, I will rearrange my life and come immediately because oh. it seems fun. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So I always have felt like the black sheep of the Candace Smartest Person <laughs> family, <laughs> the unwanted one. <laughs> I, was the, I mean, you were number 33 out of several thousand. So there are lots more unwanted ones. Yeah. That's true. I didn't, I, I didn't really take it that personally. Also because I didn't apply. A friend nominated me oh, for really? the show. So I didn't Whoa. even know about the show. I don't actually watch the CBC or pay attention oh, to yeah. the CBC. <laughs> what? Um, I listen to The Signal. I love The Signal with a passion. What's The Signal? Oh, it's Laurie Brown. 
down at 10 o'clock every night and it's awesome music. Is that like Radio 1, Radio 2 or something? Or is I don't know which radio <laughs> matches up to which radio. Okay. Um, because I used to work for NPR when I was living in Boston and oh, cool. I'm oh, wow. a diehard NPR fan. Cool. Yeah. So Excellent. I didn't know about the show. My friend nominated me and then I kind of got far enough and then didn't get on and then got on and then... One an episode. Wait, so did they tell you, like, at what point did they tell you that you were number 33? I just, like, I just made that up. Okay. <laughs> I was like, but I guess it is, like, unless they had more than one dropout, you yeah. were, like, the first person yeah. off the list. Lauren probably went through, like, 10 other names, and they all said, no, we can't drop everything and come. And then she's like, okay, Victoria. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Who knows? That's the thing. Like, you have, you have no idea, even though you go through this whole process of, you know, like this, the application and then the mm -hmm. intelligence tests and then the Skype interview and all this sort of stuff. I think I'm allowed to talk about this. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> we you, give you permission. You're still kind of in the... Uh, we, you're not part of the establishment. <laughs> no, no, I'm we. Like, Tom, yeah. I'm talking about my contract. Tom right here. Oh, that. <laughs> I, oh. I read through it when I was uh, when I was on the show and like the only thing you couldn't do was tell who won on social media. Really. Huh. Oh, they, they definitely. Oh, so Timmy could have told me. I could have. I could have. No, I, I exploited the loopholes in the contract to basically tell everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. You were allowed to tell close relatives and friends. Oh. oh. It, it, no, no. It, it wasn't. It wasn't that you couldn't know. It's that I didn't want you to know. Okay. Weird. I. Because, like, if I start telling people, then people are going to tell other people. Or, like, you don't trust me with your deep, dark secrets. It's not even that. It's if I start telling people, then I feel obligated to tell other people as I well. I get that. Yeah. That's why I have a strict policy about, like, girls I'm interested in. It's that, like, okay. you get to know and maybe, like, two other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know how far the gossip will spread. Yeah. yeah. Because once people you can't get... know that I'm in love with Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah. You can't well, know. I know. That's it's your secret passion. Yeah. Only the hundred people who are going to listen to this. <laughs> and no they will people. tell no one. Yeah. Because why Why would they? It's not. I mean, Because they all actually just clicked on this and then realized they clicked something wrong and went to a different page. And they heard Simon's voice and they're like, nope. <laughs> Oh, we poor could Simon. Sorry, sorry, Simon. tweet at her too. You know, Dan Levitin, Ari. Ariana Grande. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she gets a lot of like professions of love. On, Probably on the Twitter. Yeah, mm, kind of awkward. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> that's the thing is that is that in Canada, like even through the whole process, you never really know how you're doing, like until they say, "Hey, you're on the show." Like you're just mm. in the dark. They're mm. like, "Hey, do this test." Okay, cool. Mm. See you later. Huh. And then they call you again, and they're like, "Okay, do this other thing." And then yeah. when you're done, they're like, all right, cool. See you later. It's, it's you kind just... of a lot like school admission. I was going to say exactly I mean, that. It's yeah. been a long time since I've done that. But, I, you know, from from memory, it yeah. seems really like the same thing. You do some exams and they're like, OK, we'll call you. Yeah, it's, exactly. Because, you know, they don't want to they can't tell you for sure. And they don't want to get your hopes up or anything. And, mm -hmm. You know, statistically, you won't make it right. I guess they're interviewing like, huh. you know, whole, you know, like a thousand people. Right. Like statistically, any given person won't make the cut. So, like, yeah. Not and, gonna, and my like, stage program took like 32 students a year and had way more applicants. Yeah. So, not like mine. My stage had a 98% acceptance rate. Nice. What, what stage program did you do and what stage program did you do? So, I went into, I mean, initially, I went into professional theater at uh -huh. Dawson College, uh, but I only went there for a semester before leaving so that I could do other things. Uh -huh. uh, what did you do, Tim? 
Wait, did, you were there for more than a semester? No, I was at Dawson for like three years, but okay. after my first semester, I switched into creative arts. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I just did science at uh, John Abbott College. Oh. Yeah. In where they're practically college. begging the people to come, one. huh? I mean, th- that's not the fancy, uh, that is not the <laughs> is fancy not college. the fancy one? No, not at all. It's, it's got a nice college building, yeah. but no, yeah, it's got like a 98% acceptance rate. Oh. And it's, uh, it's, it's basically the CJEP for everybody who is from... Oh, out there in the west because <laughs> like who wants to come way into montreal to go to school every day yeah i had uh i had a teacher in the theater program um what on earth was his name doug buchanan who uh came all the way from hudson every day really yeah, yeah twice a day <clears throat> i wonder if he's related to my friend nick he's not related to nick no? i asked okay because i know both of them yeah because they live yeah. right down the street from here yeah 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 nope no relation. Did you do hmm. Sage up here? No. I when did I arrive here? I arrived here seven years ago. And I but I was actually born in Montreal. My parents were grad students. Okay. Okay. Um so <clears throat> when people ask where I'm from, the short answer is technically Montreal. Right. right. Um, okay. Well you can give us a rundown of your life history right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's going down like that, huh? Yeah, Lord, yeah, yeah. Okay. Everything <laughs> is up. <laughs> Clearly. Getting to know all about you. <laughs> Go for it. Um, all right. Born in Montreal. Grad student parents. They went to the University of Alberta to pursue PhDs. And so that's actually where I grew up. Hmm. I'm from out west. Oh, man. This woman today on the bus. This is kind of a... <laughs> wow. Side. What did she do with us? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wait, wait. Is this about, is this something that happened in Montreal? Yes. She hmm. just, she was convinced that Harper's from out west. And then I tried to correct her and say he's actually from Toronto and then like remade his image to seem like he's a cowboy. And she was not having any of it. She just wanted to hate on people from out west. She was just like, those people from out west, they just don't care about the environment. They don't care about anything that's important. And then at that point, I didn't know whether or not to tell her that I'm from out west. Mm. I usually just let bus crazies be butt bus crazies. Butt crazies. Butt crazies be butt crazy. Man, hashtag butt crazies. (laughs) Oh, man. Bus crazies. Going out west. Going out west. I, I was on a bus to Red Deer, Alberta Ooh. from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a good bus crazy. Yeah. Um, me and, and Josiah, our friend Josiah. Shout out to Josiah, who's definitely listening to this because he's one of our few regulars. Hi, Joe. Um, yeah, he had this fun guy who was, he was like this old Hungarian man um, who was really convinced that number one, hung- Hungary was, I think hung- Hungary was, no, the original people from the Garden of Eden were Hungarians. That was his theory. <laughs> um, and they were. it was all related. Like I think the Garden of Eden was based in Japan, but those people had, when they had been like, you know, rejected from the Garden of Eden, they had wound up in Hungary. But it was all related to Buddhism somehow because Budapest was named for the Buddha, which is really? not accurate at all. He had a very long theory and he talked to Joe for a good two hours before we got off at a bus stop and Joe managed to change seats. Wait, so the Garden of Eden is in Japan? No, it's in Jackson County, County Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know that with <laughs> no, that that is that is the Mormon belief. We, ah, yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but Japan, the Japan thing, I've never heard aside from that guy. And what right? about the Hanging Gardens of Babylon? Um, well, those are in Babylon. 
Yes. Probably. And they're hanging, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think those were a biblical thing, were they? They were just... No. They were just a thing. Made. Yeah, they are just yeah. the ba- yeah, Babylon. But and they're not that old, right? Well, they're old, but they're not like... I don't know. They're not the Garden of Eden old. They're, they're not Old Testament old. They're like New Testament old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But what yeah. were they, the hanging gardens of Babylon? Do you know? They were hanging gardens. Okay. But like... I've I've got some house plants that hang from <laughs> like hooks. Like is that is that a hanging garden? What are do we talking you, about here? Do you have house plants? No, my mother has house plants <laughs> that hang from hooks. That's what I thought. Okay, so you're from Alberta. That's oh, the first yes. thing. And then I've, you said something about Boston before? Yeah. Um Alberta actually, okay. I'll do the short version of the full story, which is pretty long. Um cool. my mom. My dad finished his PhD in like four years. Uh, my parents are educational psychologists and my mom had two kids. And so it took her about a decade. And so we spent until I was 15 in Alberta, but then she got a job in Hong Kong as a prof. And so oh, cool. moved the oh. whole family back, which is that's where my parents are from. Mm. So then I moved to Hong Kong for ages 16, 17, 18. Hated it. Hmm. That sounds like a um, hard time to move across the planet apparently yeah. i didn't really think it was at the time but uh yeah Adol- but i think adolescence is hard regardless of yeah what yeah for doing. sure but um, having some kind of stability mm-hmm. in those later teen years is like a really useful thing yeah and not massive culture shock i think yeah. so then because of the massive culture shock i just didn't really fit in with like hong kong culture I was mm-hmm. I was too hyperactive. Uh so then I left for Toronto where I to get away I applied to a boarding school. Um and finished high school there and then went to the University of Waterloo. Hmm. And then from there went to Western uh and then to Boston all for grad school and then came up here. Well. Wow. Oh. Mhm. And so how long have you been back in Montreal? Back in Montreal since 2009. So that's six years. Okay. Not bad. It's a good amount of time. Yeah. And it's extra confusing because I happened to go to school in Alberta uh, in the 80s when Trudeau had like implemented his, we're going to teach the country to speak French um, bilingual program. So Interesting. I okay. took French immersion and I, my French isn't great, but it's good enough. So mm-hmm. when people hear me speak French and then they hear that I'm from Montreal, they get very confused. Fair enough. I get yeah. that. Yeah, I was like, I was born here, and then kind of like what you said, I quickly moved out west. Like mm-hmm. we lived in Vancouver from like zero to six, mm-hmm. and then came back to Montreal. And those first six years, like I was in a bilingual school, but I was getting taught French by like Vancouverites. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> my formative years of French education were like not that great. Yeah. And so my spoken French is terrible, but when it's on paper, it's amazing. Yeah, because I did the rest of my education here and did it all in French, and, and well, bilingual. And it was like. So yeah. do you have that experience that I often had when I first moved to the city where people just assume that you're an Anglophone? And well, then I am speak- an Anglophone. Mm, true. <clears throat> what about you? How is your so French? What do you and mean? Then, Pe- people so they, presume you're an Anglophone? Yeah, and so you speak French and then they answer back in English. Oh, yeah. No, I don't have that happen that often. Like my hmm. French, sp- my spoken French is good enough that like I can carry a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just I sound like an Anglophone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm talking to people who like their f- native tongue is French, they're mm-hmm. very much like they smirk a little. Yeah, but you know, I get that too. Yeah, right. but they'll never switch to English because oh. I can I can manage. Yeah. But I find that some I don't know I've found that sometimes that's sort of a weird courteousness that happens right. where mm-hmm. people will like people will switch into each other's languages. So sometimes my mom will have a conversation. My mom is like 
good in French, but sounds very Anglophone as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so she'll often have conversations with Francophones where she keeps trying to switch into French and they keep trying to switch into English. <laughs> and it ends up being them both speaking the language they're less comfortable in. Right. Which is, I don't know, kind of works. My French is like, I think I have a decent accent. Um, I still, I don't know, being like when you're educated in French in Quebec, I, mm. I mean, there's... <laughs> your French is never that good. Your French is never that good. But also, <laughs> I don't know, like I think... The sort of Quebec second language French teachers tend to be very like prescriptive and very about rules. Hmm. So you sort of get frightened of speaking French. Right. If if you're an Anglophone speaking, because it's always like the only time you've spoken French is in French class. And in that French class, it was someone who was like really Francophone teaching it and really insisting that you get everything right all the time. So that's how you think about like talking in everyday conversation is like, I have to make sure I'm not making a mistake. Yeah. Which yeah. really impedes, you know, communication because I'm never going to remember all these like masculine and feminine rules. Right. But I don't need to for people to understand, but I feel really self-conscious about it. Yeah. The best way to learn a language is by speaking it with people, actually. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. you need to actually just have friends who speak the language and then like use it when you're with them. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. if you do that in, you know, in Montreal, you don't learn the kind of French that they <laughs> tell that they want you to learn in no. French class, which is silly. Like, yeah. there's no reason why you shouldn't speak that French. No. Except that it's not the one in the official, you know, rule book of French. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it ends up making Montreal a bit challenging for newcomers. I have a lot of friends who have moved here from Australia hmm. hoping to learn French and then just really struggling to feel comfortable speaking it. I think, yeah, well, mm. I don't know. I think learning a language just requires that you not care how ridiculous you sound. No? Yeah. I think that's really true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, in a lot of ways, it's like singing, right? Like you have mm. to just kind of go, mm-hmm. even if you think you sound silly, because eventually you won't. Really? Either, either Do you, you won't eventually sound not silly. sound silly? Do you promise? Well, you'll either stop sounding silly for real or in your head you'll stop sounding silly to yourself because yeah. you've heard it enough. Right? Stop caring how silly you sound. Yeah, exactly. You can really? do things like attempt to be Adina Menzel and utterly fail and yeah. it's like, okay, fine. Yeah. You can like, you can hit that high D at the end of, of the Frozen song yeah. in your kitchen one night. And wait, what, what song was it where I hit Shower. a really Frozen high song? note? Like we were in our kitchen back at, well, at the place you're at now. It was after a night when we had been recording. And yeah. we were just hanging out in the kitchen with the green light bulb still. And I was belting something and I hit a ridiculously high note. <laughs> was it from Wicked? Because I feel like that green light bulb led us to sing a lot of Wicked It was probably, songs. yeah, it was probably from Wicked. I think maybe it was just the f- <clears throat> the final, yeah, like if you, the final notes in uh, Defying Gravity, Gravity is, it's a D sharp. Maybe, that sounds right. Um, yeah, because I can hit those like on a real good day if I'm really convinced that it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's the thing that I find too, when I'm all alone in my kitchen and it's warm out, hmm. then I can sometimes belt like a high C. Otherwise, right. I max out at about a G. I yeah. Just, like, I don't know what it is. It's but you just, have a lower range than I do too, right? Yeah, but it's like, it's like that self-consciousness like constricts you and then you can't... It, does. it, constric- yeah. it actually constricts your vocal yeah. cords, yeah. right? And then you can't sing the way you, you want to. What about Freeze low notes? Are low notes easier oh. to... Yeah, Tim, <laughs> Tim can go a lot lower than me. Well, you can, What's your lowest note? Oh. It's not bad. It's not yeah, bad. No, but it's like it's like very clearly a tenor <laughs> reaching for it. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. What about yeah. you, Victoria? Oh my gosh. I was this requires some explanation. No, no, no. It does you just have to try and <clears throat> sing a low note right now. <clears throat> okay. 
Oh, not bad. Yeah, yeah. That was like an oh. it's like an octave above Tom's. Yeah. <laughs> That's <not> right. <laughs> I have very cool. limited range. It's frustrating though because I um I'm classically trained to play violin, Ooh, but wow. have never been comfortable singing. <laughs> I don't think my voice is terrible, but playing violin impedes my willingness to sing because I have pretty like pretty good pitch, almost right. perfect pitch. Mm. But but not you haven't learned singing. how to use it with your voice. Yeah, yet. yeah, I get that. Oh, yeah. That's what. That's why I'm never going to learn the violin. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you tr- when you first try to learn the violin, it's like this sounds. Oh man, my pitch is terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, singing is singing. I grew up with. Yeah. Do you find the same thing with like with violin that I find with language? Because like when you're classically trained, often I find that people end up with this very like perfectionist Mm -hmm. idea of how they're supposed Mm. to play yeah and actually like it was pretty life-changing for me when i joined this improv orchestra Mm. three years ago and really started the first year i just dropped out after like halfway through because i could not handle the lack of structure (laughs) (laughs) and not being the virtuoso like i ran out of brilliant solos to play and then felt inadequate and so (laughs) never went Uh. back (laughs) this is revealing a lot about my personality (laughs) the imposter syndrome writ large yeah. yeah Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I get that. But then you you rejoined? Yeah. Then I went back the following year and but I just realized I did this really cool but kinda weird um circle singing thing on the weekend. And I realized it was very much like improv orchestra, but only with people standing around singing. Circle singing. Can you explain? Uh it was at a yoga studio in the point. All right. Um, the guy who founded the yoga studio is also a musician and dancer and he's studying improv techniques and he said it's used as a conflict resolution technique as well just to get people to sing. It was really intense, um, but also super fun. But I realized that I have yet to sing in my improv orchestra. I had only played my violin, like I hide behind my violin. Right. Right. Because I'm not brave enough to actually use my voice. Hmm. Um, and there's a woman in the improv orchestra who reads texts and stuff like that. Maybe I'll start there with like this baby okay. step of actually saying something as opposed to just right. dominating with my with the strings. You could just yeah. freestyle. Yeah, that's what we do. Oh, I did gives me like an, an anxiety attack. Because this is the thing. So because it was improv, different people who were taking part had the opportunity to like come up with a melody and then we would all sing the melody and then mm. you build a... Um, counterpoint onto it right and everyone had the opportunity to make something up and i just could like i had ideas but i didn't want to put myself out there right man that sounds so fun like i would i would love to do that but i feel like i'm not proficient enough at any given instrument like i what my 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 problem is always that i have musical ideas and then they're stuck in my head yeah and then it takes me forever to practice them enough that i like how they sound well, and that's the whole point of improv, right? Is putting right. it out yeah. there before you necessarily mm-hmm. like it and then forcing yourself to workshop it with others. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm actually looking into taking like improv classes, like mm-hmm. just like improv comedy stuff um, starting in the new year. Mm, nice. Uh, improv Ooh. comedy is hard too. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's <laughs> what we... It's what yawned we, a giant was, yawn. Uh, <laughs> Are we boring you? Am no, I boring you? <laughs> I'm, I'm still figuring out this whole... Uh, see, I have this thing that I do where I don't sleep at anything like normal times ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
So, and it was even worse because I just put out a YouTube video like mm-hmm. two days ago, right? Yeah, I saw. Um, and for the week and a half before putting out that YouTube video, except for coming to the like Canada's Smartest Person viewing, <laughs> all I was doing was working on that video. Mm. And when I am working by myself, my strategy is to work until I fall asleep and then wake up and work again. Wow. Um, With breaks to eat and poop and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bodily functions. Yeah, yeah. bodily yeah. functions. Showering every three days or so, you know. Yeah. I mean, just like Sims. Yeah, kind of like yeah. that. I've never played The Sims, but I'll take your word for you it. You don't have to bathe them that often. Okay. <laughs> I thought you meant you don't bathe that often when you're playing The Sims. Oh, I mean... That's possible as well. Do you bathe more <laughs> often than your Sims? I, I mean, I'm like a... I, I really like to be clean. I'm like yeah. a, I shower at least once a day, sometimes twice. Oh, that's good. Brush teeth at least twice a day. I shower so much more in the winter just because I want to be warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a... Yeah. Yeah. I take but, much longer showers in the winter, I do find. It's like, why would I ever leave this place? Yeah. It's like the womb. I yeah. actually like crack my bathroom window open in the winter and shower in the cold. That's because you're a monster. Yeah, but I like the <laughs> contrast between the like warm water and the cold air. What? Yeah. <laughs> really? I really do, yeah. It's like a complex flavor of temperatures. Pain. <laughs> it also makes getting out of the shower easier because when you get out after, it's like, oh, I'm already kind of cold because I've been standing in the cold. <laughs> so like... <laughs> Let's just be uncomfortable now so that the discomfort is not as bad later. Yeah, man. Who needs comfort? <laughs> Fine, whatever. Uh. But yeah, so I was I was sleeping for a while. I was sleeping every every 12 hours. I was sleeping four hours and then just waking up, mm-hmm. which is a very, it's an awful system. I don't recommend it at all. Really? You are, you're always exhausted. You wake up exhausted, but unable to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then you go through the, the next eight hours sort of half alive and at about like the three hour mark you really wake up and you're good and then at about the eight hour mark of being awake you physically cannot do anything and you fall over and sleep for another four hours Hmm. and then you wake up unable to sleep anymore yeah that sounds really bad and it just continues like that in this cycle so it was what i had to do to wean myself off of it was slowly reduce the time i was sleeping on one of those four hour cycles and like slowly lengthen it on the other one until eventually it was just like a little nap and then most of a night's sleep. And now I'm finally back to sleeping at night. But yeah. I, uh, I'm still like my bedtime yesterday was like 10 o'clock and I just crashed mm-hmm. the, the day before that. My bedtime was like seven thirty. Right. So Are I'm still AM or PM. PM. <laughs> yeah. Although last I have night had, was weird yeah. last night. I went to bed at eight 30. Like I was wow. tired enough by then. Like I, you know, it was no different day than any other day, but I was just like, Oh, it's eight 30. I don't really have anything to do. I'm kind of tired. I'm going to go to bed. I did go to bed unreasonably early last night, too. I don't I hate sleeping in general. So mm. I tend to have a really late bedtime and then a really early wake time. Yeah. Hold on. That. You hate sleeping. Yeah. Because you don't get anything done while you're yeah. sleeping. Right? But it's so much Thank fun. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> sleeping is the, it's, it's like being in the shower. Like it's, it's not productive. We've already established I don't care for showers. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to connect with Victoria here. Like it's, it's, it's just like it's when all feels right with the world. When you are sleeping, then nothing, mm. nothing's bothering. Unless you're like a nightmare prone person, which you know, no. I was more a nightmare prone person in the last two weeks, <laughs> just from it's probably from all the stress. Yeah, stress and the weird sleep schedules. But yeah, yeah, nightmares. I wish I could remember my dreams. I don't. Mm. Yeah, um, but there's have you. 
God, this is going to sound so weird. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> lucid dreaming. I lucid really dream. want have, it. Right? Have, you, you've never luc- have you ever lucid dreamed? No, but <laughs> apparently there are techniques to make you more able to. I've never done it. I've, I've never like had any techniques. I've done it by accident. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Tom, have you? I don't know. I've had like, I, I have my fairly frequently will have dreams where I like, I'm conscious that it's a dream and then wake up at a very appropriate time to wake up during the dream. <laughs> I don't know if that counts, though. Well, do you like do you manipulate stuff in in those dreams? Uh, I think so. But I mean, I don't like not in the sense of like, I'm going to decide that there's no wall here and walk through it. Or, like, right. Like, I'm not you know what I mean? Like, I, I can interact with objects and stuff. Yeah. See, I've had I've had a few dreams like like that where I was actually like manipulating the world around me. It was oh, kind of fun. Wow. There was a really my first lucid dream was like my most vivid, I think. Um, but it was it was a really interesting scenario. I was at this like Scottish castle and there was this whole story going on about this like princess who lived in the castle <laughs> and like she was supposed to be my love interest. And of then there course. was this other guy who was supposed to be like my rival. Of course. Right. But I didn't care about either of these things because I knew they were both dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why would I like follow this story? Because it's just, you know, your dream people. I don't yeah. care. And I was very vocal about this. And so the entire party of people at the castle, you know, didn't like me at all because I was <laughs> kept telling them they weren't real. So they all left in like these big black cars. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to follow them. I, I, uh, I, I'll bet if I just wished for a bicycle, I would have a bicycle. And then I had a bicycle. So I went and like chased after them. Wow. And I did some good like experiments on myself trying to see sort of what the, uh, you know, how real the simulation of this dream world was. Like I would see a car, you know, going past on a cross street and try to look away from it and then look back and like see if it had moved the right amount of distance or whether it had like stopped existing when I looked away from it, <laughs> which it, it it was always exactly where I thought it was going to be because of course it was because I thought it was going to be there. And that's all your brain is doing is predicting Crazy. where things are going to be. But see, then, this is what I need to be able to do. But it's a long slog if I can't even remember my dreams. You know, like I'm mm. starting. Yeah. Right. Well, you maybe just need to sleep better. Like sleep find, more. Yeah. Like I find that the nights where I sleep the best are often the nights where I dream the most. Oh. Yeah. Because your sense. your REM cycles get longer the the longer you sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I, I mean, I don't know why this is, but it's definitely whenever I have like a 12 hour crash session. Mm-hmm. That's when I remember like super vivid long dreams. Hmm. So, and you got to do that just every week, have like a 12 hour sleep. But uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I just don't think I'm physically able to. I mean, when I wake up, I just want to get going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so much to do. Yeah, yeah. no, what, but what I'm know. saying is like, Cut back on your sleep even more. <laughs> oh, I see. I and see. then okay. after hmm, like a week maybe. of that, you'll be super exhausted and then yeah. you sleep for like 12 hours and then you'll dream. Oh, don't take sleep advice from Tim. <laughs> no, but I like this. <laughs> the sound wrong of person that. to listen to. No, that, it makes a lot of sense. Actually, <laughs> I think it's the only way that uh, I could actually get in a 12 hour sleep session. I think hmm. my body just fights it too hard. Otherwise, well, that's useful. Because, I don't know, I always feel like I could I could always sleep more than I do, even if I sleep for like 10 hours. I'm like, no, I could stay here. <laughs> this is good. Man. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, this week's episode of the podcast, we got to get to some plugs here. Some plugs. <laughs> some plugs. Mm. Some pluges. Do you want to play some music while, while, I? We, while we do the plugs? Give me a style. Um, I don't know. Reggae? <laughs> 
You're gonna have to hold that closer to the mic. Here we go. Guys, this episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by supporters over on Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that lets you, the audience, directly support and interact with the content creators you love. If you want to support Up for Discussion, you can go to patreon.com slash up for discussion and pledge as little as a dollar a month. Anything helps. And anyone who pledges more than $5 a month gets to suggest a topic of conversation for us every month for a limited time, obviously, because if we get more than four people, it's going to be hard to, you know, do that. Um, Today, we have a question from Patrick who asks, what is the craziest thing you've ever seen or experienced in Montreal? Mm Hmm. Does anyone have a good story? Hmm. So this one time I was on my way to your house. Okay. This was before we lived together. Uh, and I was carrying a bunch of instruments with me. Um, <laughs> and I'm walking through the park near McGill or uh, wh- whatever park that is on Park Avenue. Uh, yeah, the one with the angel. Yeah, I'm walking through the big mm. old park. Mm-hmm. Jean Mouse? Uh, Jean Mouse, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. In that vicinity. Anyway, I'm, I'm walking through the park. Oh, and, the Tam Tams. Uh, yeah. And this this lady stops me and says, hey, can you hold my dog for a second? Uh, I have to go use the porta potty across the street. And I'm like, you know this story already. I, I, I remember you telling me this <laughs> as soon as you got to my place. Yeah, yeah it was stressful because uh, I was kind of already in a hurry and like late for stuff. Um, and so I'm on my way and she's like, hey, can you hold my dog for a second? And I'm like, oh, OK, I guess. So I hold the dog's leash and it's this tiny little dog. Uh, and she runs across the street to use the porta potty, and I'm just watching this dog for a second. And then this other lady comes up behind me and is like, "Hey, can you show me how to get to McGill?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I can show you how to get to McGill." So I'm like pointing. I'm like, "It's it's that way." And I've like turned around. I can't see the dog anymore. And I'm like, "It's uh, just over that way. You just go across the park. You'll be there in like five ten minutes." And she's like, "Oh, perfect. Thank you so much." And runs off. And then uh, I turn back, and the dog is like under a car that's parked nearby. And I'm like, oh, "Okay." So I like <laughs> I tug on it a little. I'm like, "Can you come out, please?" <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm like, the dog's not coming out. So I like get down on the ground and I'm like pulling a little more and I realize I don't see the dog <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what? And I'm like looking around the wheels and it's not there. And the lady comes back and she's like, where's my dog? And I'm like, it's under the car somewhere. She's like, <laughs> okay, well like get it out. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying. And then, uh, I, I pull and a cat comes out on the leash <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and the lady's like, my, my dog turned into a cat. Like, what, 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 what did you do to my dog? I'm like, lady, if I understood what was happening here, I would tell you, I promise. <laughs> and, and then we look in the in the car and the dog is in the backseat of the car with no leash on. What? And so I'm sitting, I'm standing there thinking like, this is absurd. Like this, this lady is like yelling at me and I'm like, I, I, I'm like, look, I, maybe, maybe this is a really smart cat or like a really dumb dog. Like, I don't know what happened, but like. So, so, something weird is going I don't know what's going on and then she's like I think I figured it out you're on a hidden camera prank show I'm like oh, uh, fuck off I don't have the time for this it was wasn't it, it was just for laughs just for laughs yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was so frustrating. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I've man. been in this city. I want to get on that so badly. I want to be pranked by them so badly. Really? You want to be pranked by them at a time when you're not yes. already stressed and in a hurry to get somewhere. True. That's the thing is you can't choose these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. It did was you, just so frustrating. Did you ever get to see your? I never saw the episode. No, I have no idea if I made the cut. Like, yeah. I don't know if my reactions were good enough because they were mostly verbal. <laughs> it's just a lot of me being like, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, I mean, even when you're retelling it, you make a good face. You've got a good, like, wrinkled brow going on. Yeah. So. But, I mean, that's just what my face looks like a lot of the time. Yeah. But, you know, they could have... Yeah, I don't know. I, I did see looked- myself on Just for Laughs, though, fairly recently. Because uh, I, But it wasn't, like, a gags thing. It was one of their, like, comedy specials. Because um, I was in the audience when they were filming their, like, 
big thing that they do every year this like last summer mm-hmm. um and yeah i'm just in the background of some of the shots like nice. sitting there like with a buddy of mine and i had like a huge beard at the time <laughs> so anytime one of the comedians mentions beards it like cuts to an angle where you can still see the comedian but you can also see me really? that's awesome you're yeah. the token beard I'm the beard guy yeah. that's quite an honor yeah. was it was there a lot of beard humor uh there's at least two i remember there's the one the one clip i actually saw uh was of this one female comedian whose name i can't remember uh and she's just talking about how she likes men with beards and then it cuts to me uh but there's Aww. also i'm i don't know if this made it but i'm assuming it did uh nick DePaolo at some point who's this like kind of like douchebag new yorker comedian uh came out and the first thing he did when he walked on the stage was lock eyes with me and gesture toward my beard and give me a thumbs up and then when the first thing he said when he got to his mic was i love montreal there's a fucking amish guy in the audience and i was like hey i made it (laughs) so i'm assuming that made it but i didn't actually see the clip see that also is another one of my dreams i just bought to be an amish guy with a giant beard or be mistaken for a giant (laughs) amish guy Maybe I will wear a beard to what I'm about to explain, but to be the comedic foil. Yeah, 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 totally. I just bought tickets to Sugar Sammy, whom I saw last year, but I'm going to a show in April. Oh, nice. And I, last year I just bought tickets for wherever, but this time I was like, I need to sit in the front so that hopefully he can um, find me and pick on me. Right. And be one of those people that gets embarrassed on TV. Yeah. Well. What what is the appeal of that? I mean, isn't that Canada's smartest person? (laughs) Okay, but, (laughs) but there's also like... You're being, <laughs> you're being embarrassed with a purpose, kind of, right? Like I don't know, Candace Parks was, was a ton of fun to me. I don't know how it was for you. It was a ton of fun for me <clears> too. That, that is definitely there's a lot of embarrassing moments. So I'll give you that. You have I think to I'm gonna you know, apply for next year. You yeah, have to like do it. be a you know you have to tell stories about robot sex workers. <laughs> Maybe you're just drawing from personal experience. Oh, I know. Right. This is my life. This is the first thing that came to mind. I don't know. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely some embarrassing moments. But, like, honestly, the most embarrassing moments are not the... They're they're the... Like, we were talking about this before the podcast started. They're the the filming of, like, the interview parts. Mm -hmm. Because they're just so very awkward to try and get those, those, like, lines that they need to be, like... Yeah, I'm so great at being smart. <laughs> Thumbs up. I just love how instead of framing you as like the cool music guy who likes to do things with his family and friends, they framed you as the lonely YouTube guy. Yeah, I'm totally like a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of stuff shot mm-hmm. with like me, you know, hanging out with Tom and and like all oh, my Newman folks and with, with my Babo. Yeah, Babo. And Babo. just yeah, the, the, my niece. <laughs> oh. Tom refers to her as Babo. I don't know why. Because yeah. it's the next the, letter. The little down, Babs. The yeah, the Babs. Yeah. From her yeah. actual name. Cool. Um, yeah, they didn't want any of that. They just wanted me in my room. It's <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. funny. I had told a couple of people that like I was part of like what they shot for like Tim's background and I might be in the episode. And then they all like texted me at about the same time being like, so guess not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My friend Angie was super bummed about that too. I was, I was moderate levels of bummed. She got the solo. You got the other solo. I did get the other solo. Yeah. And that's the thing. Having seen you guys sing, I, yeah, I thought it would have been way more compelling. It would have been cool. I, know. I, mean, I think it, what it was, it was, was the narrative the, they wanted for you, right? Yeah. Uh, and when, th- th- like, narrative. they hadn't shot that part yet when I did the whole interview. Right. So I think what it was, was that by far my most compelling interview segments were about, like, my work. Right. 
and mm. they sort of I guess they sort of had to build it about that. Yeah. I mean, it makes so, sense. You know, it's whatever. It, yeah. Making a TV show is hard. Yeah. Well, and if you if you <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> if you're being fed lines, then yeah, I I had a very I felt very much the same way. Although I will say I feel like our finale episode was way more embarrassing than your finale episode. Was I it? Mean, we had just guys who couldn't sing who had to sing. Oh, oh that's true. Awkward. Weird. Yeah, that was a well, they they did okay. Yeah. They all did okay. They, everyone did okay. But it was like a yeah. singing challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. There was this thing called karaoke nightmare oh. where you uh you open up a viol- or a cello case and it contains a uh, a, a garb and a <laughs> style of music. Mm. And then they start <laughs> playing a song and you have to like sing a set of words to the song. Whoa. Dressed like, up in this, you know. That's like whose line is it anyway? Yeah, kind of. That's kind of great. I mean, there's a little more prep. I think they actually were given the songs like the day before to listen to. So it wasn't like completely out of the blue. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a I I really wanted that challenge. Yeah. That looks like fun. so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I and wouldn't then, have minded uh, doing that either. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, yeah. the Jason Vanderhoek got to do that challenge on oh, his yeah? episode and it was oh, cool. He he destroyed it of because course. he's just a, a phenomenal singer. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. I like yeah. Jason. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Really cool guy. He got to dress up in a pink wig and uh, wow. sing like a girl. See, and this is the weird thing about that show, which is that being on it is super fun. But then unless you're I had incentive to watch all of last year because I felt like all of my friends were on it. But right. yeah. this year, I just as much as I met you guys, I just didn't end up watching any of the episodes right, yeah. into the mm-hmm. finale. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. like I don't know if I'm going to watch it next year. Yeah, I watched last season once I knew I was going to be on the show. Exactly. <laughs> and then I watched this season because again, like I knew all the people who yeah. were on it, so everyone's right. like, "Oh yeah, that's you know that's Anthony's episode," and I get yeah. to watch him crush this thing or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially fun, you know, knowing all the people from from the finale because you you know that all your friends are going to win. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you had kind of told me who else made it to the finale. Yeah. Maybe not directly, but like you'd been telling me stories about specific about people. Like, yeah, so the rapper or the singing chemist. Or, names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I know who wins this episode because yeah. I heard this person's name before and I was watching <laughs> through and I was, you know, I think I got like three or four episodes into it and then I was like, okay, I don't want to yeah. watch the rest of this. I'll wait yeah. for the finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it's, the thing is that I, I don't know. I don't know if we're really the target demographic as weird as that is as mm. like the people who are yeah. on the show i don't think so because we're not old enough to yeah. watch tv anymore yeah to watch, to watch cbc yeah. yeah i guess cbc reality shows on a sunday evening yeah like who does that really um all the all my lovely people who have have discovered me through that show and are amazing and brilliant and i'm so thankful that you know i exist tom you're the worst oh man i would i would love to do reality tv honestly i'd be all over that which show would you want to be on fucking anything i would love to do that like i watched so much of that when i was a kid i would love to do big brother and you two should apply for amazing race yeah yeah, oh, I would be down. Let's we do it. We missed the deadline. Yeah, because you you talked to me a couple of weeks ago about yeah. applying for that. I'm, I was, I like, was I've been nah. looking for a partner. Right. right. Well, next season, let's do it. All right. Yeah. yeah. Like, cool. I, <laughs> what would our like? They, they always have a description of like what the people are like to each other. It's like brothers, like partners. It's just like they've met on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> they've got this other friend who isn't in 
the team. <laughs> Tim's friends. That's right. That's what we can be. Oh, uh, one one of the people on my one of the people who was on my Candace Myers Prison episode, uh, Marianne, mm-hmm. has a good angle that she's applying to the Amazing Race on because she's applying with her um, her fiance mm. who sh- she met on Jeopardy. Wow! And now they're like getting married. Oh. Wait, wait, Canadians can do Jeopardy? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. shit! I want to do that. That's Jeopardy. what you should do, Alex Trebek is Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how it worked, but That's cool. yeah, she that did, is a really. She went cool to the states hook. and did Jeopardy, and then wow. and, is that the yeah. cheerleader? No, uh, the the history teacher. The history teacher. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was having a bit of a mind moment. They have very similar names. Okay. It's very confusing. What was the other okay. one? Marianne and Marielle. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that is confusing. Why would you put them in the same episode? Yeah, and then Ira's <laughs> last name is Timothy, so it just it was very strange. That is a confusing episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if they did it intentionally, but then they never referenced it. Hmm. So I, th- I thought it was going to be maybe like a point in the script of like we're going to pair off these people with similar names. Yeah, they never really used anyone's last names, did they? No, that's kind of intentional because like some of us, like Marielle, for example, doesn't want people to know her last name. Okay, because she gets so many people like trying to find her on Facebook and like sending right. her creepy messages and stuff. This oh. is the cheerleader um, we're talking yeah, about now. Or okay. or like looking her up in the phone book and wow. or, like stalking her at her house and stuff. Like it's not wow. cool. So wow. yeah, she really didn't want. Right. Names. But some like some of us, like Anthony, I know they mentioned they gave his last name a few times. Right. Which is kind of also a little bit more of a public figure, right? Yeah. Like as someone with a hip hop career. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. That was yeah. I um all of our season our full names were on there. And that was yeah. the first thing that I pot shot at Kick and Lauren. I was like, Why do these season two contestants get to <laughs> stay relatively anonymous? <laughs> because we learned from our mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mistakes Sorry. that were season one. <laughs> yeah, you, you got the yeah, you got all the errors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So crazy Montreal stories. Oh, mm, you had anything good? I saw a guy run out of the hospital on Saint Denis and uh, what's across street de Maisonneuve. Um, Saint Denis and de Maisonneuve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, that's the one that the our friend Jackie ended called? up in one time. Notre Dame de yes. Chum or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and Notre he Dame was... de Sacré Cœur. Yeah. Her. No, that's the one on Saint Herbain. I think that's that's the one Jackie was at. No, the one the, on Saint Herbain. The, the one on Saint Herbain is no, um, it isn't. So that's Hotel the one. Ja- Dieu. Hotel Dieu. Yeah, Hotel Dieu. That's the one that's Jackie was transferred to. Oh, but she started off at the one that you're. Anyways. Nobody There's on this too many podcast. hospitals in the city. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they're merging them all into the one. Right. Yeah. Super yeah. hospital. Um, so someone was running out of the hospital. Yeah. I was visiting. I didn't live in Montreal at the time. It was the dead of winter. It was freezing cold. And this guy ran out in one of those flimsy like x-ray robes wearing one slipper and then like <laughs> dashed off down the street. And then a couple of nurses and doctors came out and chased him down. Wow. Hold on. X-ray robes? I, I want like, these. How do you get X-ray robes? You basically, it's just not clothing. You just tell people you leave the house naked and tell people you're in an X-ray robe. It's like it gives you X-ray vision. Yeah, hey. it lets you all see through me. Oh, oh dear, it'd be fun. Or it'd be like it'd be like a robe that has printed on it, like you know that sort of like shadowy bone structure. Oh, I can be behind that. Made the, the, of, like those skeleton costumes, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also it could give you cancer. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Robes can give you cancer? No, x-rays can give you cancer. <laughs> x-rays can give you cancer? 
That's why they uh, they always put uh, lead on your like vitals and genitally bits. <laughs> <laughs> <The expression>. What? <laughs> This happens like at least once an episode, but Tim tells me about something that just blows my mind. Okay, so you wow. know you know how radiation can give you cancer? Yes. You know how x-rays are radiation? Fair, and not only that, but they're point. like ionizing radiation. So like, okay. they're really high energy radiation. So they, you know, if you were just bombarded with x-rays all day, every day, you'd get, you'd not have a good time. Right. But, you know, it's a very limited exposure. Like, you know, if you get one X-ray, it's about the equivalent of going on a plane ride because you also get a good dose of radiation going on a plane ride. You do, <laughs> yeah, because you're going <laughs> up above the atmosphere. All these God cosmic damn. rays coming to you, but even that is less than the amount you just get ambiently from the world, from like random like radioactive okay, so elements. It, you shouldn't actually be concerned about it unless you're doing it constantly. Yeah, so like, <clears throat> but like, if you're getting X-rays all the time, like if you, right. you know, if you're, if you're really sick and you need X-rays all the time, it can start to be a concern. So, hmm. regardless, they always like that big sheet that they put on you is, I don't know. There's, there's sometimes it's to provide sort of like a back so that there's a there's a blank surface so no one can see your butt. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, but like like off, often they they'll like shield parts of you that they don't want exposed to the x-rays. Like when they oh. give you, often they'll give you a big jacket when you they, you get a tooth x-ray. Right. Which like, why would you need a jacket? I didn't a get x-ray? a big jacket last time. Mm. I wonder if I will tomorrow. wonder if you'll get cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much what I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll probably get cancer. Like, I mean. Just realistically, like, it's likely. In some ways, cancer is like the best case scenario, right? It's like, I mean, cancer is like as much as... You know, the tragic stories of cancer are the young people. Cancer is really a disease of the old. And like one of the reasons why so many more people die of cancer than they used to is that people don't die of other stuff. Yeah, we're just living longer. Right. So like, you know. Which kind of made me want to ask what your, so are you saying cancer is your preferred way to die? I don't, this can't, it seems like a pretty bad way to die. Yeah, I'd like much rather OD. It seems really painful. <laughs> I mean, maybe you can just OD on your pain medication when you have cancer. <laughs> Actually, that might not be bad. Yeah. Because you know, then you're Best not really deciding worlds. for yourself. But then at that point, you're like, I'm fucked. So might as well yeah. off myself. No. I just want to die quick and painlessly <laughs> yeah. or like in a state that I don't realize I'm dying. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would say my favorite way to like live until I'm 85 without, you know, medical complications mm-hmm. and then die in like a skydiving accident. <laughs> like, that sounds good. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I'm definitely with yeah. you on that yeah. one. Like, I just want to make sure, like, if all my paperwork is taken care of, <laughs> and like, I'm not going to be leaving people with burdens. Mm. Your paperwork? <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to have a will. You mm. got to like have, you a, have a way. Yeah, mm. you got to have all those things. Last will and testament. Out. How do you guys want to uh, be preserved slash you know disposed mm. of mm. in your death? I, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. I. I'm definitely down to give my body the science. Okay. But I want what's left after that to get cremated. There's like not usually anything left. They can take my organs. If, can they just throw like an arm or something in, a, in an urn? 
Oh, do you, wait, do, do you mean like, so you, do you want your organs donated or do you want your body donated to science? Because that's two different things. My organs, specifically, okay. not my whole body. I want the rest of my body to be burned. And if then you, I want that urn to not be on someone's shelf because that's creepy. I want that urn to be buried in the ground. Mm. Interesting. So you're going to have all of the things. I don't want to come back as a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's just your arm. Yeah. <laughs> but you you're going to be a zombie without any vital organs. Just yeah, like, exactly. I can't even digest brains. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I want to donate my organs to science. I'm, I'm serious about this. Yeah, you'll be a non-functional zombie anyways. It's fine. Yeah, that's why I want to be, but I, I don't want to just be like burned because I want there to be like a stone in the ground that says my name and okay. I don't want to live on someone's shelf because that's gross and weird. Like I just can't get behind it. So I'm like, yeah, burn me, bury my, my, my ashes and then there will never be any, like I won't be a zombie. No one will ever like knock me over in their house by accident. <laughs> like that was grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. No. Or like the cat, you know, gets into it. Or... Yeah. That's more yeah. likely. Fair enough. Okay. But like if you're going to be bur- buried anyways, why not just get buried? Because then you can come back as a zombie. Are you not listening? <laughs> Fine. I, I agree. Now that you've introduced this whole possibility of coming back as a zombie, I would very much like to avoid that. Yeah. Like you have to do your part for future generations. Yeah. You, have to, you know, you can't not... contribute another body to be a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond that, I haven't really thought about it. But well, I think that's probably that's probably healthy. <laughs> like... Man, I imagine death so much. It feels more like a memory. Really? No. You imagine death. No. I don't think I don't know if you can imagine death. Can you I imagine would like not to existing? imagine death. I feel like I should imagine death more. Hmm. I, I mean, I definitely have like a sober understanding of like what the world would be like with me not in it. Hmm. Huh. You've like it's a wonderful life to your own life. No, no. I just mean like I as someone who like has contemplated suicide mm. in the past, like not recently because I, you know, Fuck that shit. But, you know, <laughs> years ago, yeah, uh, I do like regularly think about like, oh, yeah, it's a good thing I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, true. I know. guess that does make you very aware of the dif- like the difference you are making in the world. Yeah. Like, just to have considered that in the past. And mm-hmm. also like, you know, if you have times when you feel like you could realistically die any day, mm-hmm. like you kind of have to start thinking about like, like what will happen when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And then, you know. Yeah, you just have sort of a sober understanding of like, you know, oh yeah, things will go on, but also like, it'll be tragic and, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And have an impact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is, and this is my problem. I'm like a total adrenaline junkie and I do not think about either injury or Mm. death nearly enough in Mm. the decisions that I make. And it makes me really reckless. You're just going to die in the most boring way. Uh, It's pretty much faded, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Which will just enrage me so much, but I'll be dead, so it won't matter. Mm, Wow. I feel like for me, it'll be one of those things where it's like I've lived such a like, you know, risk free life. And then all of a sudden, one day I'll just be like, man, I should like do something adventurous and exciting. And I will die doing that thing. And I'll be like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) Should have known. (laughs) And it won't even be something like particularly adventurous. It'd be like, I should buy a longboard. I'm going to go gluten free. (laughs) (laughs) And then it turns out you're like anti-allergic to gluten. (laughs) Cannot survive without gluten. Oh man. (laughs) bread to live. (laughs) Oh, man. <laughs> See, I for a long time, I thought that when I died, 
I wanted to be stuffed, like taxidermied. Um, <laughs> I think that it would be amazingly fun to be like taxidermied or like plasticized somehow. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> and then like, okay, so here's the thing. I have I have this whole plan for my ch- my children and my children's children, all right? <laughs> Is that if like I think I think it's a brilliant thing that when you raise your children, you have so much control over what they think is normal. Like you have you just have this if you decide that like it is normal in your family to like speak Latin at lunch or something, then your children will grow up believing that's normal, right? So I don't want to do that, but Although I would really like to teach my kids Latin and like resurrect a dead language. But uh, I probably won't because I'm terrible at languages. But I really think it would be cool to just imbue on my kids like ever since they're born and then have them, you know, repeat it to their kids that when grandpa dies or when dad dies, he's going to, we're we're going to stuff him and he's going to hang around as like a playmate. (laughs) We're like, like reinforce him with like titanium rods or something. And put him in like a fun-loving position, <laughs> or change his position as desired. Yeah, like you could have like locking like joints and stuff, and then my my grandkids would like climb on me, and I become like part of the household when I'm oh dead. God. And the thing is that really, if you if you start telling your kids young enough, they will not find this strange. They'll just be like, "Oh yeah, that's gonna happen." And then eventually, they someone will point out that it is kind of strange, and they'll be like. Yeah, but I think we're still down for it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, it's too, they won't have the visceral reaction, right? Yeah. Everybody right. else will. Oh, my <laughs> but, goodness. Hey, and so, you have to, they, they'll have to go through adolescence kind of grappling with it, and then they'll come back around, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, maybe. And like, yeah, in their like late 30s, they'll come to this realization that I'm right. And yeah. Hopefully I won't be dead by then. Deep yeah. wisdom yeah. in what you say. Yeah. What if like what if you die and then nobody in your family really wants to be the one who has you in their house? <laughs> <laughs> like you've got a bunch of adult kids and they're like, oh fuck, which one of us gets dad? <laughs> it'll, it'll be in my will. It'll be whoever whoever has the most children <laughs> so that they can get the maximum enjoyment out of this. <laughs> So, uh, Could you okay. just dictate that they pass you around? Yeah, like alternate <laughs> weekends. Can there, can there be a clause in there that if none of your kids have grandkids by the time you die, or rather that if none of your kids have kids by the time you die, yeah. your body goes to my kids? <laughs> that's that's perfectly fine. I'm fine with that because, uh, you know. Oh, man. That'll be good. But then I also recently, like there are two problems with that. Number one is the taxidermy is like, a terrible method for preserving how some somebody mm-hmm. looks. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason why you think a taxidermied bear looks like a bear is that you don't really like you don't have a good facial recognition system for bears, right? Right. But you do for people. And the thing is often what people do for taxidermy is they actually make like a wooden like mold of the sort of the shape of the animal and then they just mm-hmm. stretch the skin over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you did that with a human face, it would just end up with this like completely distorted, like bizarre shape. Not if they like, I mean, they could, they could make it work. They'd You'd have, have to, to like, do it really like, I mean, who knows in like 60 yeah. years. Make it some really good taxidermists. Yeah. And then yeah. like, like maybe like body plasticization, it would be, you know, better. And have like the body world people, but even they, you know, they look pretty creepy. Well, and they also look very brittle. Like mm. you would mm. maybe not be that movable. Well, I want to be yeah. reinforced though. But right. as soon as you said that, I had a mental picture of just 
like exactly you as you are now, but with your hair white, <laughs> just like <laughs> draped over some armchair with your face completely disfigured. Like, oh, I think that's, that's inevitable yeah. if you're going the taxi. I mean, you'll probably be pretty much the same as you are now, maybe a little chubbier. Are you calling me disfigured? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. What's your crazy Montreal experience? I don't really have one. I don't know. I've, I've, that's why I've been avoiding answering the question is I don't really, I don't know. I've had some fun times like, like hanging out with homeless people. So I guess that's kind of, I mean, there's some crazy things happened. Like once I, uh, I broke up a fight just by the virtue of having a guitar. Um, not by playing the guitar, but just by like standing between the two guys that we're going to fight and being like, what are you going to hit the guitar? Like this, uh, it's protecting me and it's protecting that guy. So like I just stood there and was like, uh, and they're like, okay, fine. <laughs> so that was kind of fun, but I don't know, really crazy stuff. And that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Were you were you conscious of the time that? Uh, oh, you might not have been there. No, you must have been. There Tell was the a, story. There was one point when uh, when I was living with you. Okay. Um, there was like a film crew set up outside of our apartment for like the whole week, uh, for like a couple weeks even, and they were filming some like fifties themed gangster show. Uh, and so there were a okay. bunch of like really nice, like super old cars parked up and down the block. Oh yeah. I and took like, a picture with our roommate Claire oh, in yeah. front of one of those cool cars. Yeah. That was kind of fun. That was a neat, that was cool. Yeah. That, cool that Montreal thing, that mm-hmm. street is very like picturesque sort of fifties Montreal style mm-hmm. architecture. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And that it's run down and bad. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks good. But no, no, like yeah. it's, it's run down and bad now, but it was built for sort of the higher end people. That's why it has like the high ceilings and the nice molds and everything. Right. Right. It's just that now it's sort of, you know, it's Point St. Charles and ah. it's not a, you know, like yes. it's, it's become really low income housing, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was when it was built. Uh, I don't know. It was. Yeah. I have no idea. I just know it was very Irish when it was built. Well, that's all I know about it. Yeah. Like. People were Irish and had a lot of fights and the mayor was kind of corrupt, but also like, yeah. Do you know this good to from watching people film this <laughs> TV show or no, from no. actual history? Uh, I watched a documentary about Point St. Charles when we first moved in. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I should have done that. Yeah. I would have known things. Yeah, man. I know things now. Many wonderful things. Wow. Gotta know your history. I wandered into the like Montreal Center for History today where they had this little um, diaporama. Do you know what I mean? Like a little diorama. Like, that um, and um they showed montreal as it was when it was established and then they'd overlaid the streets of present-day montreal oh, cool. where is really, the where is yeah that? what is this place saint pierre and saint paul in the old port like right behind pointe calia uh, yeah. yeah okay okay it looks super interesting and they have a documentary playing there right now made by a friend of mine called Don Le Griff about Griffintown which oh, is very similar probably to yeah. the one that's made about Point St. Charles yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool I don't know anything about Griffintown yeah. I don't even know why it's called Griffintown it's, I know it's got condos yeah I don't think I think Griffintown is just like a marketing term I don't think it actually mm. exists as, okay uh, yeah kind of like Gastown sure. yeah like I think it's technically yeah. still St. Henry yeah yeah. It's like a mashup of St. Henry, Point St. Charles, and um, downtown. Yeah. Mm. And maybe, does Burgundy spill into that at all? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. 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 Totally. What about Burgundy? How does Burgundy get its name? I mean, it was probably like a dark shade of red at some point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was all the communists were there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. The Irish really dark and communists. Then the communists. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. having a conversation with someone today who, uh, 
uh, th- this guy Derek who I met in Ottawa at like a Anglican church synod back in like 2012 mm. uh, who I hadn't seen in years and found out recently he just moved here from uh, BC and I was like oh cool like we should get lunch so we went out for lunch today and he's living like near like or close-ish to Jean Talon market and like I work like five minutes from Atwater market and I realized like it's incredible that we live in a city where there are two amazing farmers markets and if you live anywhere in the city you're like not too far from one of them mm-hmm. that's true yeah so that was a cool like oh yeah sweet yeah actually i think i'm gonna go get my christmas tree from atwater market this oh, weekend because nice. they have this machine that wraps it up for you right really yeah sweet. is it like those like airport machines pretty much but f- specifically for christmas trees so then you pick huh. out your tree and then they send it down a chute and then it goes through like this turbine and it comes out with twine all wrapped around it and wow. it's pretty much worth the price of the christmas tree just wow. to watch the machine do its magic <laughs> they have yeah. to me <laughs> they have this other machine that's very similar where you take a tree and you put it down the chute and then it converts it into wood chips yes you could try that That'd be but, good for Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want them to do with my body. <laughs> Check it in the wood chipper. Oh, dear. Anyway, if you guys would like to suggest a topic or ask us a question, you can head to patreon.com slash up for discussion. Uh, just like Patrick did. Yeah. You Thank you, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> You've, that's that's that segment and ended. That's that segment ending. Yeah. Ed- edmented. Se- segmenting. Yeah. 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 Nice. Segmenting. Um. What else do we want to talk about? I don't know. Did anybody have anything interesting that they thought? Well, you were telling us your life story. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. We're back to that. Yeah. And I don't know how far we got. We got to you I coming think we to Montreal. At me being here. Yeah. 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 And so what brought you back to Montreal and what do you do here now? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from sigh, <laughs> sometimes um. do reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, my ex was starting a PhD program at McGill. And I was following him like a dutiful partner. Mm. Um, And then I was working as a journalist in Boston and I really loved it. But then coming up here, I kind of realized that journalism is a bit of a dying industry or an increasingly Mm. competitive one and that I wanted to work regular hours. So then I kind of got into PR instead. So now I do PR for McGill. And I say that with like a tremor in my voice. Because if they find out that you're on this podcast, <laughs> no, there will be problems. because I have difficulty actually censoring myself and what mm. I think about my employer. So. Ah, I see. Fair enough. Public, good public relations requires you to be careful what you say. Uh, like you couldn't say that McGill is bad currently. McGill is such a tricky place to promote as well. Like when I got on Candace Smart's Person and they wrote this article about me being on the show, I said, I know I'm not Candace Smart's Person because I work at McGill. And the second part of the quote was, <laughs> wait, let me, let me finish. <laughs> the second part of the quote was, I work at McGill with like Nobel Prize winners. And like my previous job before I had this one right. was editing the research magazine. So yeah. I actually did interview Nobel Prize winners mm-hmm. and geniuses. Um, but the person who wrote the article cut the quote. Oh, at, no. I know I'm not the smartest person in Canada because I work at McGill. That's like you can still see. Yeah. If, you're, if, if the quote is explained to you, you're like, oh, yeah, that's not a jab at McGill. Yeah. Or if you're just not worried about McGill in that way, mm-hmm. you would not read it that way. Right. Yeah. I feel like potentially. Yeah. But it could totally sound bad. It yeah. sounded terrible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's dangerous. What happened? Just 
snide comments from insecure people. <laughs> oh, fair well. enough. Yeah. Yeah. It is true. I mean, that is very true about Miguel, right? Though that Yes. Like, you know, I I know that I was not the smartest person in my, you know, sub program of graduate school, right? So like, you know, whether I'd, whether I'd won this show or not, you know, I wouldn't really be able to go around and say anything with a straight face. Like, I'm kind of the smartest person, right? Right. <laughs> and the smartest person who uh, just are, are the, the combination of smart and luck person this year who thought it was a good idea to apply to a reality TV show, mm-hmm. right? But And that's the thing I hate about the name of the... Well, I, there are a number of things I don't like about the name of the show, one of which is that every time you write Candace Smartest Person on Twitter, you're writing Canada ass Smartest, right? Yeah. Like that drives me it's, insane. It's the Canid Asmar test. <laughs> <laughs> well, sucks to that. <laughs> and then, because it's season two, I mean, is Katie Canada's second smartest person? Is she the second Canada's smartest person? It's very confusing. I think after they've had like at least four seasons, they need to have like an all star battle between the finalists. Yeah, I think that's the plan. Yeah, because they like, did that on Big Brother, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Multiple times they've had like past winners coming back. Wow. Yeah. Would I you mean, go back? You would go back. I, I'm could. I mean, I think we're both contractually obligated to go back. Oh if yeah, they ask we us. are. You're Whoa. right. So we don't actually have a choice. Oh. But if, they just uh, own you now. Yeah, of, yeah. Cor- of course I would. Maybe I'm, they wouldn't want me back. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I had a super good time there. I would go back for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think your analogy of it being like summer camp is totally accurate. Yeah. It feels like this intense, crazy experience that. Then you come home and your life hasn't actually changed. Yes. But you're like, oh yeah. That was really, I have this crazy experience. And even, you know, I think that's the thing with summer camp is that you, you tend to feel like it changed your life (laughs) and it changed you and it probably didn't. Yeah. (laughs) You're shaking your head. But like it, that's not necessarily the important thing. Yeah. (laughs) Summer camp didn't change your life. I had, I mean, I was a summer camp person for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then the past couple of summers I haven't done camp at all. And that's been amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What do, what do you mean? Like, I don't know, just feeling like there's sort of more of a regularity to my life. Like, because when you take even just a week to, like, go in this, like, high-intensity environment, you kind of come back and expect everything to have changed, right? And it didn't. And then you're forced back into, like, your normal life. And it hits you really hard, even if your normal life is fine. Mm-hmm. Not going to camp was like oh like my life is just totally like fine all year round mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's interesting like, yeah like there wasn't that like incredible high and then back down to normal camp withdrawal yeah exactly mm. and also uh this year specifically not going to camp was really good because the week that the camp that i would normally go to happened my toilet exploded <laughs> uh, and if i hadn't been home like my roommate didn't wake up till four hours later <laughs> so if i hadn't been home when it happened like even if i had like gone to work early that day like, we would have had a flood in our apartment. <laughs> so it was a really good thing I wasn't at camp. Ugh, exploded mm. toilet. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. It was just that the tank cracked, like, along where the uh, handle is, like, the flusher. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it would have stopped flooding eventually. Um, like, it would have taken a while, but, like, yeah, it was really unfortunate. And also, at least it was clean water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's the good. bigger thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know spontaneous reversal or anything (laughs) it was clean water and i got to it within like 30 seconds because like yeah like i heard a bang and then i heard water start running and i was like it it exploded yeah yeah so (laughs) explain how a toilet tank explodes mr science it cracked 
but it was like a, it was basically at some point someone flushed too hard and a crack formed mm. and then pressure gradually built up. And this is what happens with porcelain, right? Pressure can yeah. build up and eventually it makes the crack bigger all of a sudden. Mm. And so that happened. Interesting. Uh, it's like a tiny earthquake in a toilet. Yeah, totally. And so what happened was I was just like, okay, well, you know, whatever. And then I was in this room, like, you know, eating my breakfast and I heard a bang and then water running. And at first I thought, oh, he just slammed the door on his way into the bathroom. And then it was a longer, like the water was running longer than anything he ever does in the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, it's like, this is it. This is too weird even for my roommate. Yeah. I was like, I was like, he wouldn't just go in and like right away start like washing his hands for more than 30 seconds. And like, this is like, like he doesn't pee that much. So I, I got up, so I got up and I was like, I just kind of apprehensively looked around the corner and was like, you know, when you like. You very carefully check to, you know, in case the door is open and they're standing there with their pants down. Yeah. So I like look and I don't see him. I'm like, okay. And then I see that the water is like that there's water on the ground. I'm like, okay. And then I see that there's a crack in the toilet and I'm like, okay. And so I like, I quickly like shut off the water in the back, which I didn't know I knew how to do, but I did. (laughs) Um, Handy in moments of need. I once put out a fire on my stove very nonchalantly. Wow. (laughs) I also had no idea how to do that. So are you like not with water? With water. Oh, dear. That could have ended badly. Yeah, but it didn't. Are you one of those people who is subconsciously calm in emergencies without even knowing it? Yeah. I mean, I think, like, I'm one of those people who figures out how to deal with, like, emergency situations very quickly, Mm -hmm. despite, like, kind of freaking out on the inside. And being like, basically, like my dialogue, my inner dialogue is, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. The focus is just getting what needs to get done. Yeah. It's like, yeah, my my mind does not make any words except this is bad. Deal with this. (laughs) And then I deal with it. Apparently that works. Yeah. And so I I just, you know, (laughs) turned it off and called my super and was like, hey, can you come up? Our toilet just exploded. I turned the water off, so it's not going to flood. He's like, yeah, I'll be right up. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's like you obeyed the this is bad, deal with this command. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I deal well with pressure. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. You should put yourself un- into situations where yourself, there's yeah. more pressure. No, because then I'll Under die. Pressure. We established this earlier. <laughs> if I do something too dangerous, I'm gonna I'm gonna die. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you always said that you wanted to die by 27. So at 27, at 27, I've got five years left. <clears throat> okay, yeah. so just you know, wait until then before you go gluten free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you good in uh, emergency situations? I don't know if I. I think so. I think maybe maybe I deliberately create emergency situations. Deliberately create? Yeah. I'm one of those people who leaves everything to the last minute because otherwise mm. it feels too... You're nodding your head. Yeah, that's me. Boring. That's me. Yeah? I leave things till 20 minutes after the last minute. <laughs> and how does it feel? I'm always at least 20 minutes late. But you get it done, right? Yeah. I mean, kind of. I... I <laughs> For example, so. I got my video done with like six hours to spare. So that was nice. Well, um, the, and this is my question, because this is partly why I realized I had to go work a nine to five. Yeah. Because if there's no external imposition of limits, I would just never obey any deadlines at all. So mm-hmm. then what was the deadline that said you finished six hours before? So the deadline was that um, on... Uh, so shout out to anybody who is supporting me on Patreon, patreon.com slash acapella science, if you feel like doing so. Um, Patreon, the way that it works is that you your uh, your patrons donate a certain amount of money mm-hmm. every time you make a video. But 
how the site actually works is that their credit card gets charged on the first of the month mm. um, for everything that's happened in the previous month. Right. Um, and so I had just come off of um, this past month, I had to cancel a big contract um, to do a video because it turned out the person that I was doing the contract for was a uh, sexually harassing professor who I, wow. ne- I did not want to work for anymore. Um, so I canceled that. And then all of a sudden nice. I was like, oh, but now I can't pay my rent. So <laughs> I'd better make a video. <laughs> <laughs> I like this story. <laughs> and so I, I should have it should have been fairly casual to make this video, you know, because I had most of the month to make the video. And you had already but, written it like a year ago. Yeah. But then instead of actually making that video first, I was like, oh, I should make a hotline bling parody first. <laughs> It'll be simple. It'll take me like a day. And then it took me like two weeks because I decided to make it very complicated. And Tom came in and he dressed up in a morph suit and a bird mask. And it was great fun. And my, um, yeah. Oh, our former roommate, Terrell, that's his, his, your video of dancing like a bird is his favorite video right now. Yes. He's going to, he's showing it at like his Newman Center, like uh, I beat out, evangelism things. I, I beat out ducks blowing in the wind. You beat out the cat riding on a Roomba with a shark costume. Whoa. Oh, nice. Yeah. That yeah. is quite an accomplishment. High honors. Yeah. Yeah. In video land. <laughs> definitely. Oh man. So yeah. I feel so, like I have to go watch both now to judge for myself because I'm very torn. Yeah. You yeah, won't look sure. at me the same way again after seeing three and a half <laughs> minutes of me dancing in a morph suit. <laughs> <laughs> but have you seen ducks blowing in the wind? That's the real question. No. Okay. Well, we're going to go. We'll watch that. Wait, hold on. Pause the podcast. Everyone. <laughs> we need to wrap up the podcast. We, we, we've, hit our, we've hit our hour and something mark. So. Oh, yeah. We've been going long usually. Yeah, yeah, These past yeah. couple weeks, we've been like an hour 20. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're getting there, so we should probably... Uh, okay, well... So much to quits. talk about. Yeah, well, it's, it's been, been really fun. It's been really cool having you on. It has been fun being back on the air. Is yeah. there anything you want to say before you leave? Wow. Um, can I come back? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. I mean, we've had Desiree back how many times? Too many. Hi, Desiree. How's it going? <laughs> Do you like being on our podcast? I can't tell. Oh, geez. But yeah, yeah it'd be cool. Absolutely come back. Awesome. Yeah, you're a good guest. I just like being yeah. in front of a microphone. Hearing the sound that. of my own voice in headphones, <laughs> you, are, yeah. you know. I'm just in love with myself. You have a message for your family and friends, all the people at home listening. Message for our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> yeah. Um... No, apparently not. <laughs> Support the show. <laughs> For the love of God. That's right. <laughs> Go download all the back episodes. Yes. Man, last week's episode did like better in, in numbers than usual. It's my sister's. Yeah. Mm. My sister is interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll see if you stack up. Oh, yeah. nice. Well, I think it will because you have almost an entirely different friend group than us. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So if you actually are not too embarrassed to share it with the people you know. All right. Then, uh, yeah, yeah, get a whole different crop yeah mm-hmm. well if nothing else for those metrics yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> do it for the numbers <laughs> yeah competition oh. everything's a competition <laughs> well thanks again for coming and joining us it's it been super fun yeah. my pleasure uh, we will have you back excellent <laughs> tim do you want to play us out do you want to do a an improv song no i'm too tired for that my face hurts. Oh, do, do you want to do an improv song? Wow. Oh, you, you, you need to practice for your improv thing. Orchestra. Saved by the sound effect. I hate you, Tom. I love you, too. <sighs>
Ugh. My blood pressure actually spiked. 